I'm KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb with a special episode of Who's Running for Philly Mayor. On May 4th, 12 days before the primary election, KYW News Radio invited the five leading Democratic candidates to discuss why voters should choose them. It was a lively, revealing, uninterrupted 90 minutes in our highest rated morning drive slot, Ian Bush hosted. Here is Breakfast with the Candidates. And now, KYW News Radio presents Breakfast with the Candidates. Here's Ian Bush. Scrambled or over easy? Toast or hash browns? Scrapple? Yes or no? Well, those are the tough questions you can expect at a diner. On our menu this morning, there will be grilling on crime and safety, education, leadership and experience, and quality of life. Because here's where we are. Nearly two-thirds of people in Philadelphia told a Lenfest Institute poll the city's on the wrong track. And Pew says that's the highest since they first asked the question 14 years ago. You're not supposed to bury your child. I miss my boy, and so does his siblings and his father. You will never see your loved ones again. You will never hold them. You will never hug them. You will never hear them speak. It's not normal by no means. I pray that they put the guns down. It's hurting everybody. For John Dell, for Angela, for Tanya, for so many more in our city who've lost so much to gun violence, and for the rest of us who know how much we have to lose, This is about a lot more than just a primary election. So Helen Gim, Jeff Brown, Sherelle Parker, Alan Dom, Rebecca Reinhart, they are the five leading Democratic candidates in this race, according to a poll by the Committee of 70. But it has you in a statistical tie. Undecided voters are ahead of the pack. So why should Philadelphia choose you as its 100th mayor? We'll hear your answers over the next 90 minutes. But we begin with this question. Why should voters who've not yet made up their minds choose you? You each have a minute to convince them. And now the city has its coffee can to determine ballot position, not to be outdone. We had a bag of numbered Goldenberg's peanut chews, because, of course, to tell us who goes first this morning, and it's Rebecca Reinhardt. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, KYW, uh, for having me here today. Uh, My name is Rebecca Reinhardt, and I am the right person to lead Philadelphia forward in this critical moment. I've spent the last 15 years working for the residents of our city, close to a decade for two different mayors, and the last five as the independently elected city controller. I know the city's budget inside and out from being the budget director. I've managed a 1,000 city employees as the chief administrative officer and gotten things done. And I know the city's operational challenges from being the city controller. I can hit the ground running on day one to fix this city, to make it safer, cleaner, and to fix our schools. We also need a mayor with the courage to take on the status quo. I have shown that courage as city controller, and it's the way that I will lead this city as mayor. Thank Re- you. Rebecca, thank you. Uh, Jeff Brown, why should an undecided voter choose you as the next mayor? Thanks, Ian, for the question. Um, I, I have, in my 35 years as a grocer, take, taken on enormous challenges and have been a transformational leader in, in addressing food deserts, hiring 60,000 people from the neighborhood, hiring disabled and and returning citizens and helping them turn their lives around. And so I'm the kind of leader that can solve tough problems, and we're in a spot where we have a lot of tough problems. We need change in the city bad, 
and it doesn't make sense to, to pick someone that was already part of the problem. I'm here to make those changes we need, and I know how to do it. Jeff Brown, thank you. Helen Gim, you're next. Yes, Philadelphia's next mayor needs to lead a transformation for this city, and I am the candidate with the largest vision for how to keep Philadelphians safe. Um, lots of candidates are running for office. I'm running to change the way people actually live in this city. I have a 20-year track record of actually delivering and standing alongside communities and delivering big solutions that have made a difference in people's lives, restoring nurses and counselors and safe drinking water to every school, making sure that we kept families housed, and new laws to help working Philadelphians. And I'm leading that vision for mayor to, for that invested city that keeps us safe and makes sure that uh, all of us benefit, not those who are already first in line, making sure that we have an actual real plan to build and fix and modernize our school system, a guaranteed jobs program for young adults in the hardest hit neighborhoods, and to make sure that we have city services that restores vibrancy back. You're going to hear a lot of platforms tonight, but I'm the only candidate to have delivered transformative change inside and outside of office, and I won't stop working for the people. Helen Gim, thank you very much. We're still waiting for Sherelle Parker to arrive. We need to get her to listen to traffic and weather on the twos. <laughs> on a certain radio station, I think. Uh, so, Alan Dom, you'll go next. Why should an undecided voter pick you? Thank you, Ian. I'd like to thank KYW for hosting us this morning and having this important discussion and dedicating your drive time to this discussion. It's great. I'm running for mayor because Philadelphia is in a crisis. It's a public safety crisis, housing and education crisis, poverty, and basically a biggest crisis is the leadership of the city. That is the biggest crisis. Strong leadership can solve all these issues. You know, I'm, I really am good at fixing what we all know is broken, and I'll tackle the crime and end this sense of lawlessness that we all feel. I'll create an economic opportunity that lifts people out of poverty, including business owners, residents, and entrepreneurs, and I'll ensure that every student in the city has access to have an educational opportunity to be successful in their career. You know, I've had a different experience in life, so I have a different vision. I built a business from the ground up and also worked in city government for almost two terms on council and have accomplished a lot in both areas. This next election is a turning point and I hope to earn your support as our next mayor. Thank Alan you. Dom, thank you. Candidates, thank you all. The breakfast ground rules this morning, you'll be given a time limit by our panelists during each round. You may not pose questions to other candidates unless we specify. If one of you invokes another's name, that candidate will be permitted a brief response. Interrupting each other is not allowed and we on the panel have the final say. Asking the questions during breakfast with the candidates, our education reporter, KYW's Mike DiNardo, our community impact reporter is Raquel Williams. But round one, or maybe the first course for this breakfast, begins with our City Hall Bureau Chief, Pat Loeb. I love how this metaphor is going on and on. <laughs> um, Just wait. So I will ask a few questions for all of you to answer in turn. Uh, you'll have 30 seconds. Um, the current mayor had to deal with a global pandemic which collapsed the economy worldwide, decimated the largest employer, our healthcare system, ultimately killed 5,000 Philadelphians. And while that was going on, uh, people took to the streets, some with like a very sincere uh, uh, purpose of protesting injustice, but others to torch police cars and loot stores. What is the biggest crisis that you personally have had to deal with, not as part of a larger body, that you personally have had to deal with? How would it prepare you for the kind of crisis a mayor could face? Jeff Brown, you're first. 
Well, the ones you mentioned, uh, because I, I ran grocery stores and I, I was in the thick of all of the crises, as you mentioned, including the current water crisis, um, people counted on me for their food, which is their ability to live, and that they could get it safely. And, and I, I navigated all three of those crises um, very successfully. I made sure people had food. A lot, lot of other stores didn't have food. We went the extra mile to get it. I kept my workers safe. We had mass months before the city, you know, because we had a good Jeff emergency Brown, thank planning. You. Thank you. Fair enough. Thanks. Um, Helen Gim, you're next. Yeah, leadership is formed in crisis. My oldest daughter was about to enter kindergarten when the state of Pennsylvania announced that it was going to take over the entire school district of Philadelphia and turn it over to a single for-profit company to be run for profit. And I said, absolutely not. I mobilized, organized with communities. I defied the politics of city halls and state legislatures. And I continue to build that movement for a long-term effort to reclaim our schools for the people and reclaim our city for Philadelphia. Um, that's how I'll lead in crisis. That's how I've always led, whether or not I had a title. To Helen do Gim, it. thank you. Thanks. Um, Alan Dom, you're next. Thank you, Pat. I would say April of 2020, while I was in city council, city was in crisis, as you mentioned, during the pandemic. Hospitality was getting crushed, and I formed a Zoom of 125 restaurants and hotels, and came out of that was the legislation for outdoor dining, where we saved almost 862 restaurants applied, over 15,000 jobs were saved. Those were jobs in the city of Philadelphia. Hospitality workers live in Philadelphia. I think that was showing leadership during a crisis. Yeah. Alan Dom, thanks. One aspect of the pandemic and Rebecca Reinhardt. Mm. So as city controller, I saw firsthand the pain that people felt from the government not working properly. Uh, city employees, sanitation workers, uh, that did not have the masks and protective equipment. I personally helped them and got masks delivered for sanitation workers. And I have seen the pain of people whose children have lost gun violence. It's what pushed me to get involved in that issue as controller. Rebecca. Uh, and it's Ryan, how I'll lead you. as mayor. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Politics is a blood sport. Uh, many of you have served in elective office before, so you've been criticized, but I'm sure it's nothing like what you've got in this campaign. It only gets worse as you become mayor. Some of you have shown thin skin. Some have let it roll off their back. But can you reassure voters that you have the temperament to withstand the kind of criticism that you are going to be subject to? And we'll start with Helen Gim. Um, so, you know, to be clear, I think I've been formed in a lot of crises. I've entered places where there have been lots of, uh, you know, like differences of opinion. And I'm not f afraid of that dissent. In fact, I think it's important for us to enter into some of those spaces so we can bring people together, figure out big solutions, and most importantly, solve problems for people. I've demonstrated that all my life, whether I was taking on harassment at a local high school, um, whether I'm taking on the vision for where our city is going to go, or whether it comes to this campaign and that's all I'll lead. I'll give him thanks. Great. Alan Dom. Actually, when those things occur, Pat, I view those as an opportunity to win over those people. And I try to meet with them. I've had several in my career, and many. And I try to meet with them and win them over, at least to my side, and give them an opportunity. Because I feel as mayor, you have to be a mayor for everyone in this city. No matter who they are, if you're, they're a Philadelphian, you are their mayor. So I would bring them in and try to help them. Okay. Rebecca Reinhardt. So as city controller, uh, I definitely got into some public fights uh, with the mayor and others to take on the status quo. And to me, this isn't personal. This is about 
fixing our city so that it works for the people of our city. That's how I handle things, uh, and that's how I'll handle things as mayor. And I've brought together people with very different views to move our city forward. Okay, thanks. And Jeff Brown. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone's been under more scrutiny than I have in this election for whatever reason. And you know, it's like I handle emergencies. I'm very calm, professional. I answer people's questions. I try to be as transparent as I can, and that's what I'll do as mayor. Thanks for the question, Pat. Okay. And finally, for my part, um, 30 seconds <laughs> for each of you. The mayor has to accept that mistakes will be made and has to learn from them or risk repeating them. What is the biggest mistake you ever made, and what did you learn from it, Alan Dom? <clears throat> well, I agree with you 100%. You have to accept you have to be responsible for anyone who works for you. I had an issue in council where someone in my office made a mistake. I stood up and took the responsibility of it, and I would continue to do that, and I've done that in my private life, and I've done it in my public life. When you're the mayor of the city, the buck stops with you, and you have to take that responsibility. As the leader, that's a very important quality. Okay, Rebecca? Yeah, mistakes are part of leadership. Uh, and as city controller, when I first took political office, there were definitely times that I didn't uh, make all the calls to let all the different people know of a decision that I made before I made it. Uh, and I got backlash for that. And uh, I understand that. I've grown as a leader through that uh, and learned about all the, you know, all the calls you need to make before, as a leader, you come forward with the decision you make. Uh, it's about process, and it's about being transparent about <laughs> mistakes. Okay. Jeff Brown. Thanks, Pat. Um, you know, I started when I was 23 years old in the grocery business, and certainly as a young entrepreneur, I've made plenty of mistakes. And, uh, you, you know, I've tried to be transparent about it and uh, lear learn by them. And I, I think I haven't made the same mistake uh, twice. Uh, during this campaign, um, I'm, I'm noticing the intense uh, scrutiny on words and how careful you have to be. And I I'm definitely learning from that and p picking up my game, you know, in communicating. Okay, great. Helen? I think the biggest mistake I make is when I don't talk to enough people. And so you can definitely feel like there's like misunderstandings that happen because of that. But I think there's a big difference between mistakes and gaffes. Um, I'm very clear that mistakes have to be learned from. Um, and, you know, individuals that, that make, uh, you know, individual decisions at any given point in time, like they can move beyond that. But a track record should speak for itself. Over 20 years, a track record of standing with communities during difficult times is the biggest proof that you've learned from your mistakes. Okay, great. So and I'm happy to report that Sherelle Parker has joined us on the stage. So, Sherelle, let me ask you, we're talking about making mistakes, and uh, in 30 seconds, can you tell us the biggest mistake you've ever made and what you learned from it? Travel. I am the only candidate here today who actually had to make it to Center City from a neighborhood outside <laughs> of Center City. And uh, I would argue I'm trying to get to as many communities as I possibly can. And just sometimes uh, I may uh, try to get to too many places. And I have to recognize that I am one person and I need to schedule accordingly. But, of course, you'll expect a woman to do that from time to time. <laughs> Sherelle Parker, thanks, and thanks for being with us. And now for our first yes-no question of the morning. You each have cards in front of you, and so if you can hold up your answer to this so we can see it. Uh, audience at home, don't worry, 
or in your cars, Ian Bush will tell you what the tally is. With Center City still struggling to recover from COVID-19 because so many downtown workers have not returned, will you set an example by ordering city workers back to their offices? A yes from everyone. Jeff Brown, why do you say yes? In my business, everyone came to work the whole time. Um, I, I, I think you can't, you can't have a substitute for working together as a team. Remote's not, not the same. And I think the city's setting a bad example by not having everyone come back to work. You're having breakfast with the candidates on KYW News Radio. We're joined by Rebecca Reinhardt, Alan Dom, Sherelle Parker, Jeff Brown, and Helen Gim. And our focus now turns to education with questions from Mike DiNardo. Thank you, Ian. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here. This round of questions will also be addressed to each of you, and you'll have 30 seconds to respond. There are 321 buildings in the Philadelphia School District. The district says 295 of them have asbestos-containing materials. An untold number of those buildings have damaged asbestos in them. It's a crisis that has angered students and parents for years. At a recent forum, Carver High School student Michaela Coleman spoke to the general frustrations about resources and facilities for a system that predominantly serves students of color. We often hear adults say that kids should have an equal and equitable opportunity. However, it doesn't feel true. It feels like we don't matter. So my question to all of you is what do you plan to do to improve the overall conditions for students and teachers that look like me? So the question, how do you plan to help the school district fix toxic schools? And what do you say to fed up students like Michaela? You have 30 seconds to answer. We'll begin with Sherelle Parker. So one, we're going to use our intergovernmental experience to leverage state funds during this historic time as a result of the Commonwealth um, Court's uh, ruling. In addition to that, we're going to increase the school district portion of our property taxes from 55 to 58 percent. So we go with $50 million in hand when we seek state support and focus on quality seats, quality instruction in 21st century modern buildings. Helen Gim. So I'm the only candidate on this stage that has actually delivered a real plan to modernize our schools over the next decade. Philadelphia has an opportunity with the state funding formula, but we need to deliver an actual plan to be able to do it. Um, I've talked often about the importance of using the 10-year tax abatement roll-offs, the shift in the millage so that we can put more of our property tax funding towards it. But, uh, but I believe that Philadelphia needs to lead that vision uh, for the modern schools that all of our kids need and deserve. And to Michaela and to thousands of other young people like her, we're going to give you that school. Ellen Gim, thank um, you. And we're not going to wait another decade thank to you, make Ellen. it happen. Alan Dom. Thank you. Education will be front and center in my administration. And that's why I donated my salary uh, to education and educational initiatives. But as far as the schools are concerned, we need to aggressively get that under control, the asbestos situation. It's been done in the private sector. We need to do it for the school system. And also, we need to raise the quality level of our actual school facilities and the quality of the teaching that we have in our schools. Both issues. We, we have great students. We need more better quality schools. Jeff Brown. Thanks for the question, Mike. Um, th this has been a problem that's existed for an incredibly long time. The people that the establishment, the people that have been in leadership, they've ignored it. They have no plan and they've done nothing. And I'm very concerned about Not the sure. fact that we don't have a priority to keep young people safe. I'm concerned that we don't have a long-term plan for the facilities of our schools because some of them probably shouldn't even be there at all. So then we should just close them or knock them down and replace them. Uh, but the asbestos that's damaged needs to be remediated right away. We shouldn't wait. And Rebecca Reinhardt. 
So as mayor, it will be my number one priority with this state to get the needed funds to fix our school buildings, to fix the lead, asbestos, and other unacceptable conditions in our buildings. The cost is over $5 billion. I know from being the city's budget director, there's no way that the city and school district can do this without significant state help. I will ensure that this is the top priority. I am the only one on this stage with a child in the public school system, and this is personal to me. Thank you. Our next question is about charter schools. The debate has been going on in Pennsylvania for 25 years plus now. There are 83 charter schools in Philadelphia right now. Please elaborate on if you would like to see more, fewer, or the same number of charter schools after your first term in office. We'll begin with Sherelle Parker. For the first time in the history of our city, we will not have a mayor who pits traditional public schools against charters. When we are advocating for public education in our city, it will be traditional public charters, but also parochial schools. We will advocate for quality seats, quality instruction in 21st century modern buildings, and we want quality schools to expand. And we don't care what form they come in, but we want them available and Cheryl we Parker, will make sure you. it's a priority. Thank you. Helen Gim. Well, I will be a mayor for every child in every school, no matter what school that they attend. But I am very clear that we need a big mission to support our public school system right now because that is the one that has been disinvested in time and time again, both by Harrisburg, by this city, and by the federal government. So I intend to be that person to lead that mission. I'm the only candidate on this stage to make sure that we have had air conditioning delivered into schools, lead-free schools, safe drinking water into schools. This mission has to be about a focused attention on our public school system thanks. and stabilizing that population. Alan Dom. Thank you. Uh, you know, I think parents have already made the decision. 47% of our kids are in district public schools. 27% are in district charter schools. 16% are in parochial schools. So I will be a mayor who will support parents' decisions, be a mayor for every child's education. But parents have really made the decision. We have less than half of our children in district public schools today. I will support every parent's decision. Jeff Brown. Uh, I think what we need to do is expand career and technical education. I think we've we grossly diminished that over time. And in that context, I think we have to look at the waiting lists. We have long waiting lists for high-performing schools. We have to have more capacity there. And whether it's district or charter, what we need is high-quality co uh, high college-bound slots for kids who want that, and high-quality career and technical slots for kids that want that, and they fall where they fall. The parents and the children decide. And Rebecca Reinhardt. As mayor, I'll have a kid-centered approach to our public school system, meaning that we have to improve the number of quality seats, whether they be in traditional public or charter schools. My long-term goal will be to fix the neighborhood schools, but we can't wait, and parents can't wait uh, for that to occur, they must have a good school now. And that will be my focus and my urgency under my administration. Thank you. Our next question, enrollment in schools run by the school district has been steadily dropping over uh, the last number of years. And as the district reviews the utilization of its aging buildings, it is possible that some schools will be closed or cons consolidated. Do you support that, and how do you mitigate the impact on communities when schools need to be closed? We'll begin again with Sherelle Park. 
So the first thing we do is focus on quality seats, quality instruction in 21st century modern buildings. And we utilize every resource necessary, and that even means in the private sector. We should not be debating remediating lead, asbestos, and mold from schools. We should be working on a plan where our children are trained to rebuild the schools that we need in our city, and we will make sure that's a priority as under a Parker administration in securing resources. Helen Gim. Well, I'm surprised by many of the answers on this stage, to be perfectly honest. People are being driven out of our public schools because of the disinvestment that's been going on for so long. I'm the first mayor to actually lead an investment-based initiative that draws back families into our public school systems, helps grow our public schools, but also, more importantly, helps anchor families here and grows our city. The public school system is the strongest anchor to be able to do that. That's what I'm in charge of. So that's why I've led an investment-based agenda. Sure, we can talk about things, but I'm not leading with a school closings mandate because I've you. seen that already destroy Helen, this public school system. Alan Dom. Thank you. Uh, look, I remember being on council. We got a report from the school district. There were over 40 schools. that were less than 40, 45% occupied as far as students. So we have to look at some consolidation. But in the consolidation, maybe we can consolidate two or three and build a state-of-the-art new school. But overall, in all schools, I'm a big believer in teaching, financial literacy, K through 12, technology, K through 12, and entrepreneurship, K through 12, and allowing students in high school go to school four days a week at their option, work one day a week in the job, get credit, get paid. And Jeff Brown. Thanks, Mike. Um, the biggest problem we have financially is we're investing in half-empty old buildings instead of our children's education, and we have to re-rationalize the whole footprint of schools. And uh, there's a lot of uh, moving around we could do because in some cases we have a school that has a 1,000 or, or several hundred young people waiting to get in. Other schools are 40% are, uh, occupied. And so I think we need a whole strategic plan to re-rationalize the buildings. Community needs to be involved in that. And finally, Rebecca Reinhardt. So the issue uh, with declining enrollments at certain schools, certain neighborhood schools, has to do with decades and decades of disinvestment. Uh, so the way that I would look at this as mayor is to look to see and develop a plan, a strategic plan, around what these neighborhood schools need to be truly successful, to push the state uh, to comply with the recent state uh, Supreme Court ruling to get more money. And that will be how I lead in terms of what they need to be successful. Rebecca, then we you. can think about consolidation. Thanks. And finally, in this round, it's a lightning round question that you have to write down your answer. Please use the marker and the paper that we've provided. Uh, it's a simple question. <laughs> Superintendent Tony Watlington has been on the job nearly a year in Philadelphia. What is your letter grade for him, A to F? And the candidates are writing their answers, and you can display them now. Jeff Brown gives Watlington a C. Helen Dom, a B plus. Helen Gim, your grade. A C minus, uh, Cheryl Parker a B, and Rebecca Reinhardt a B. Uh, Helen Gim, why a C minus for Superintendent Watlington? I need a plan for uh, the building modernization. The chaos that's happened in school after school has been unacceptable. Uh, there, ha there needs to be a dialogue with the city about appropriate spaces so that students at Frankfurt High School, more than 900 students don't end their school year at, in virtual learning, or that children at Building 21 um, that returned after asbestos was revealed and then had their roof caved in the very day that they returned is just unacceptable right now, and I need a lot more engagement. I also need a real commitment to teacher hiring in the city, and I haven't Helen, seen thanks. it. 
Thank you very much. Uh, of course, we typically bring you news, sports, traffic, and weather, but we are breaking format as part of our civic responsibility, as you hear from the leading Democrats in the Philadelphia mayor's race ahead of the May 16th Pennsylvania primary. We have Helen Gim, Sherelle Parker, Alan Dom, Rebecca Reinhardt, and Jeff Brown at the table with us for Breakfast with the Candidates on KYW News Radio. Nearly nine out of ten people told the Lenfest poll that curbing violent crime should be the next mayor's top focus. It is against that backdrop that our community impact reporter Raquel Williams begins her questions. Thank you, Ian. Good morning, candidates. This is another round of questions for all of you. You will have 30 seconds to respond. More than 1,000 kids have been shot in the city during Jim Kenney's tenure as mayor, and about 160 of them have died. Name one specific thing you'll do to assure parents and children who are afraid to leave their homes that the streets will be safer under your leadership. We'll start with Rebecca Reinhardt. Well, I've detailed out a full public safety plan on my website, RebeccaForPhiladelphia.com. One specific thing that I'll do is implement the proven intervention strategies that have been shown to work in other cities, group violence intervention, cure violence, and cognitive behavior therapy. They resulted in double-digit declines in homicide rates in Oakland and New Orleans. It's what I've been pushing Mayor Kenny to implement since 2019, and I will do so urgently on day one. Thank you. Thank you. Cheryl Parker. Philadelphians want a mayor who's not afraid to make the tough decisions necessary to bring order back to our city and stop the sense of lawlessness that is prevailing. That is why programs like just safe quarters to public schools are wholly insufficient from my perspective. I will implement my comprehensive neighborhood safety and community policing plan. It calls for officers walking the beat and riding a bike in neighborhoods across the city Cheryl proactively. Parker, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Alan Dom. You know, I'm a father and a grandfather, and each death is personal to me. And I've met with several people who have gone through this tragedy, including Nicholas Elizalde's mom and grandmother, the 14-year-old who was killed in Roxborough, innocent. I have published a public safety plan. I'll declare a crime emergency day one. We'll go after the illegal guns. We'll hold people accountable. When you meet with the families of these tragic stories, it's just gut-wrenching. And I will make a commitment to meet with each and every family who suffers from this gun violence. Thank you. Helen Gim. Yes. Um, so I've made it clear that I, too, will have a day one state of emergency. We're going to focus in on promoting detectives, improving our 911 response times. But I'm also very clear that in order, a mayor has to do more than just react to crime. Um, the mayor has to prevent it. And in a city where almost 4,000 kids have dropped out of school since September of this year, this is a major crisis for our young people. My plan also includes a guaranteed jobs effort. Um, targeting young people in the hardest hit na neighborhoods and communities to make sure that they come Lincoln, back thanks. into a place of stability and That's support. time, Helen. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff Brown. Raquel, I'm going to restore our police. We're short about 1,500 officers. I'm going to invest in forensics and gunshot cameras to make sure we convict uh, the violent criminals. I do think we have to fund uh, programs for children. We, we have defunded that, like, like no lifeguards at the pools. And we need to be led by someone that, that can work with the police, and all the police in the city have endorsed me. Thank you. My next question. Philadelphia police have been taking a record number of guns off of the streets, yet gun crimes continue to soar. 
what is the disconnect and what would you do, for instance, with a teenager who is caught with an illegal gun but has not committed any other crime? We'll begin with Sherelle Parker. First and foremost, we're going to ensure that our police department has access to the technology uh, that they need to prevent, in many uh, instances, uh, the carrying of guns, particularly the ghost guns. When the teenager has the guns, we want to make sure our law enforcement knows their job and that they have the ability to get the guns off the street. We have to work with our district attorney's office, along with the courts and every stakeholder, to ensure that that is not an option and people are held accountable. Thank you. Rebecca Reinhardt. As city controller, I did work around this issue. The police have doubled the number of arrests for illegal carry over the last five years, but the conviction rate by the district attorney has declined from 65 to 42 percent. As mayor, I would pull the DA and the mayor into my office on day one to get on the same page to crack down on illegal guns and also to make sure we have diversion programs for that 16-year-old you mentioned. Thank you very much. Helen Gim. Yes, I think it's extremely important right now that we have a unified front on how we're doing accountability, messaging, and uh, consequences for individuals. That's why that, uh, that unified statement both by the mayor, the police commissioner, um, law enforcement, and our district attorney is essential right now. But I'm also very clear that we are gonna need to uh, get rid of the culture that allows a young person to have a gun in the first place. Again, this is about not just reacting to a crime, but preventing it. And so essential supports for you. young people right now are the most important Ellen, thing that's we can time. do. Thank you. Ellen Dom. Thank you. You know, crime is a symptom of lack of a good paying job, unaffordable housing and poverty. Education is a long-term cure. I mentioned it earlier that I want to make sure our kids have an opportunity to work in high school, one day a week at a job, get credit, get paid. But on day one, I will declare a crime emergency, a public health emergency in Kensington, and I'll have a public safety cabinet that I already had on council and met with several people, including the DA, police commissioner, U.S. attorney, FBI, ATF, and uh, court systems. So I will conduct those meetings weekly. Thank you. Jeff Brown. Yeah, I mean, uh Poverty, structural poverty, is at the root cause, and that's a, long, a long-term problem we have to address. But in the short term, um, we, there has to be consequences to having illegal guns, and, and I'm afraid that there's too many people getting away with illegal guns with no consequences. That's part of the problem. I do have a full crime plan on my website, jeffbrownformayor.com, and I think you'll see we address that very comprehensively there. Thank you. My next question. Larry Krasner will be district attorney until at least January of 2026, half of the next mayor's first term. Please spell out where your philosophy differs from his and how, in any event, you'd work with him for the common good. We'll begin with Rebecca Reinhardt. Well, I believe strongly in criminal justice reform. Uh, I think DA Krasner has done good work around exonerations uh, and uh, am aligned with him on the ideas and uh, concept of criminal justice reform, absolutely. Where I differ from him is on uh, making sure we take illegal guns off of our streets and prosecuting for retail theft. And I will work with him to ensure that we have a holistic a plan for public Rebecca, safety in our city as mayor. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff Brown. Yeah, um, the, the non-prosecution of illegal guns, I have a big issue with that. Um, 
we, we, we would, I mean, I would try to work with him to try to come up with a compromise. There must be a consequence to having an illegal gun. And shoplifting. As a grocer, I mean, we've seen an incredible increase in shoplifting. We saw that Wawa has closed stores, Starbucks has closed, and, and we just can't have free $500, take what you want. I mean, that's not a policy that makes sense. It's just going to close up all the stores. Thank you. Ellen Dom. Thank you. You know, in most cities, according to past police commissioners, they've advised me that most of our crime is committed by a very small amount of people. I'll give you some examples. We need to prosecute retail theft. Last year in Center City, 70% of the retail theft was committed by less than 30 people. Wanamakers on March 17th arrested someone for the 67th time shoplifting. Last year, Wanamakers had a close to a 2.8, the one, I'm sorry, Macy's. <laughs> they changed names. Macy's at 13th and Market uh, had close to 2.8 million. Alan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Helen again. Yes, I think the most important thing that we can do is, again, communicate to the public that we have clear consequences for individuals who commit crime in our city, that it is a unified approach, and that we are looking actually at outcomes on how we prevent crime um, and not just react to it. One of the areas that I definitely want to work on is actualizing some of the programs and alternatives, especially for young people um, who are involved or in the path of violence. We have not seen enough programs move at scale, both by the city, by our Department of Human Services, or by, the, uh, by law enforcement and our municipal courts. So I expect to be working very closely with multiple entities to deliver real programs for young people to divert them out of the path of violence. Thank you. Thank you. My next question. Community Hello, members. How are you, Raquel? Did I not ask you this question? I am so sorry, Ms. Parker. Thank you. Thank you so much, Raquel. Philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods and quality of life crimes taking place in neighborhoods that go unanswered are also uh, a part of what drives people out of our city. So that retail theft in neighborhoods, um, car thefts in neighborhoods, the dirt bikes, there has to be a sense of order in neighborhoods and we can't pass those off as if, okay, they're just minor offenses. We need to make sure they're addressed and I'll work with our DA to get that Trill, done. Thank you. Thank you so much. My next question, community members are beyond fed up and they want to hold the next mayor's feet to the fire. With the plans you've outlined for staving off gun violence, how will you hold yourself accountable and measure your success? And please be specific. We will begin with Helen Gim. Well, I am outcomes focused on my work and I'm very clear about going back to communities. Um, it's not only that I that we're gonna see gun violence go down and the number of shootings and prosecutions go up. I also need to make sure that uh, people's health metrics improve. Um, one area that I'm really focusing on right now though is responses. 911 response times have to improve. I have piloted the first non-police mental health mobile crisis units. I want to see mobile health, mental health prioritized in the city because that's a lot of the problems Ellen, that we've seen um, and I'm here to deliver on that. Thank you. Sherelle Parker. I have the audacity to believe that we really can bring hope and pride back to our city and make people believe that government can be a tool to positively impact their lives. And so we will do that by empowering the tool of transparency, specifically around public safety, but also around uh, the number of homeowners that we've created, the number of small businesses that we've created, how we've closed the gap between the haves and the have-nots via year-round workforce development training and Drill, public schools you. operating. Thank you. Rebecca Reinhardt. 
So as mayor, uh, I've clearly stated that I would uh, want voters and residents to hold me accountable uh, to having a 50% reduction in homicides in my first term. At the same time, I will increase opportunity and make sure neighborhoods feel invested in. One of my key plans is to operate the Emergency Operations Center from day one to make sure there's library and rec programming in the neighborhoods most impacted by the violence. Thank you. Ellen Dom. Thank you. I mentioned earlier I will have a public safety cabinet, which I informed earlier, meeting weekly, day one, whether it's an hour or six hours, and I will conduct the meetings myself. The goal is to reduce homicides by 50% in the first four years. I'm happy to be held accountable to my goals. That's how I've lived my life, by goals and, and reaching them. But I'll have present the DA, the police commissioner, U.S. attorney, FBI, ATF, attorney general's office, courts, Eds and Meds Police, and I'll conduct those meetings weekly with those goals in mind. Thank you. And Jeff Brown. Yeah, I will have, um, my plans, our course will be transparent. Um, it'll be part of our budget, and I will report on not only outcomes, because that's very important, but also how we're progressing and implementing our plans. If we're going to add gunshot cameras, did we add all the ones we said we would on the timetable? S same thing with forensics. Did we make the investment in forensics? And all the way through to outcomes, are we improving our conviction rate? So all of that will be transparent, will be communicated to the public. Thank you. We will conclude this section with another yes, no question. Please get your cards ready. And the question, do you support businesses that put strict curfews on where and how minors can gather? I don't think this is a yes, no question. Okay, so we have, uh, we have two yeses. Uh, from Jeff Brown and Sherelle Parker. Uh, Rebecca Reinhart, uh, you didn't answer the question, why? I think this is more than a yes-no question. I think that we need, to we need to have safe places and activities for our youth to congregate at, for our young people uh, to do, uh, and then work with businesses to make sure that they feel safe uh, from the small number that are creating any uh, havoc or chaos. But we need to make sure that our young people feel welcome in our city uh, and that they have places to go. And Helen and Alan, neither of you will commit to a yes, no. Alan says yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Helen Gim, why, why do you say no? Well, because I don't think that pushing young people out of malls and places where young people have traditionally gathered actually solves the problems of what we're dealing with. I said before that almost 4,000 young people have dropped out of school since September. 4,000 kids dropped out of school last year. We have a desperate need to engage our young people right now. That means investing and opening up our our civic spaces, rec centers, libraries, parks, uh, parks programs. We need that guaranteed jobs program for our young adults right now in order to bring Helen, them back, you. and that will be far more successful. Thank you, Helen. Uh, just over 40 minutes in now to breakfast with the candidates here on KYW News Radio. We've only just whetted the appetite. So the five leading Democrats running for mayor now will get 60 seconds each to respond to criticism leveled against them, a synopsis of what we'll call the case against you. And we will start with Helen Gim. Helen, you're an unabashed progressive. Your detractors use that term as a pejorative. They see you in lockstep with DA Larry Krasner, whom they believe is a major part of the crime problem in the city. You have big ideas, but you've been opaque on where you'd find billions of dollars for new spending. When it comes to safety, when it comes to the budget, how can Philadelphia afford Helen Gim? 
Well, because I've actually led things that have transformed this city. Um, my investments uh, are often talked about as being difficult or impossible from early on, but it turns out that we're actually able to do it. My safe drinking water campaign in our public school system leveraged almost half a billion dollars in new investments in school modernization, and I am not nearly done yet. I've laid out the clearest plan how over the next uh, 10 years we can actually modernize our schools so our children remain competitive with other school systems that are just in our surroundings areas. The, uh, the housing work that I've done the, to keep tens of thousands of people housed helped deliver almost a quarter of a billion dollars to landlords and renters um, across 50,000 uh, households to make sure that we kept people safe. And it's copied now in 180 cities across 36 states. I do transformative work. I leverage in additional investments, and I make people excited about a bigger vision. That's what you actually want in a mayor, not somebody who is dealing with the resources we have right now, but who's going to go out, fight for the bigger resources to change our Ellen, city thanks. for the people. Thank you. Jeff Brown, you're the only candidate who's never held elected office. Your opponents say it shows. Uh, the Philadelphia Ethics Board has accused you of illegally coordinating with a super PAC. You tried to mislead voters about the case during a debate, saying it was settled. It was not. You also told voters during another debate you didn't seek the endorsement of the building trades and teachers unions, yet both say you lied. You did seek their backing. They just didn't give it to you. Does Jeff Brown have a problem with the truth? No, I don't. Um, but one thing I do have is I'm, I haven't been a politician before, which is a plus because the po other politicians have let us down. Um, and I do sometimes stick my foot in my mouth, which I would say is um, something I, ha I have to improve upon. But all the things you mentioned are half-truths, but uh, we don't have the time to get into it. But um, the clarity of my speaking, I'm going to work on that. Jeff Brown, thank you. Alan Dom, you have poured more of your own money into this one primary campaign than a lot of people will see in their lifetimes. But that hasn't pushed you into front-runner status. You've been advertising more than the other candidates. More people have seen and heard your message. But it doesn't seem to be connecting in the widespread way you would hope. Some Philadelphia voters might see you as middle-aged, wealthy white guy. Nothing wrong with that. But doesn't it appear to you, Alan Dom, that they want something more than what the, the condo king has to offer? Well, I'll tell you the benefit of my campaign. I'm not beholden to anyone but I'm accountable to every resident and citizen of this city. And I think that's important. I have no special interest backing me, zero. My special interests are the people of this city. I'll make the decisions that are right, not just for the next election. I'm caring about what's gonna happen in 10, 20, and 30 years from now. And that's what's important in this election. This is a leadership election. It's a turning point for the city of Philadelphia. You need someone as our mayor who's gonna make those decisions that are right, not just to get reelected, but to live past that reelection and to take people out of poverty. I've set specific goals. We talked about that earlier. You can hold me accountable to those goals. In the next 10 years, I'm going to take 100,000 people out of poverty and bring 100,000 good paying jobs into the city and bring 100,000 new residents into the city to build our tax base. I'm willing to be held accountable to those goals. I can work with everybody, building trades, schools. I can work with everybody, but I will not be uh, held accountable. I will be held accountable, but not beholden. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca Reinhardt, you've called yourself the candidate most prepared to take on Philadelphia's problems on day one, but your opponents say your municipal government experience comes from issuing reports, uh, merely pointing out troubles rather than doing something about them. 
And when you were in a position to do something in City Hall, you were part of another administration that uh, cut or tried to curtail city services like firehouses, libraries, closed schools. Is that not a, a bruising report on Rebecca Reinhardt? Well, that is inaccurate, uh, and I'll explain why. Um, first, uh, as city controller, uh, it's, it's not right to just pigeonhole me as a numbers person or a report writer. I ran the controller's office. I am the only one that has city executive level experience. The last mayor that we had that had experience running a unionized city executive office was Mayor Rendell, who was the district attorney and ran the DA's office before becoming mayor. So I have significant leadership experience and have gotten things done. In terms of Mayor Nutter's administration, I was the budget director for Mayor Nutter. My job was to convey his message and to solve the budget for him according to his priorities. That's why I decided to run for mayor, to have an independent voice. It's why I ran for controller and now running for mayor, uh, to have that voice, and that's the way that I'll lead. Rebecca, thank you very much. Sherelle Parker, you've won endorsements from members of Congress to the city council president to Democratic ward leaders. So profiles of your candidacy often include the word establishment, and some argue establishment politics is what got Philadelphia to where it is today. Uh, you've gone from the state house to city council, added DRPA chair, back to Harrisburg as a lobbyist. Sherelle Parker, doesn't Philadelphia deserve more than just another machine politician? I am super proud of the people-powered coalition that I've put together across this city that transcends race, class, and socioeconomic status, and people who believe in our ability to make Philadelphia the safest, cleanest, and greenest big city in the nation that will provide access to economic opportunity for all. And the reason why they support me is because they know that I won't need training wheels in order to make it happen. I know how to access the workforce development dollars, funding for public education at the local, state, and federal level because I've proven that I can get it done. Many of my opponents are what I call art. They are expert articulators of problems and short on solutions. I want you to Google power up your business. I want you to Google PHL taking care of business. I want you to Google restore, repair, renew. Google Philly first. Parker delivers. Parker, thank you very much. Candidates, thank you all. You're listening to KYW News Radio. We're open 24-7. This is a fully caffeinated breakfast with the candidates, and it's back to our City Hall Bureau Chief, Pat Loeb. Uh, these questions are also directed to one candidate at a time, and you'll each have 45 seconds to answer. Jeff Brown, you proudly tout your lack of government experience. In fact, you kind of insult your fellow candidates for having served. And by extension, people that are serving now, and I can tell you city council is not happy about this, but you need city council to get a budget done, to get legislation that would be needed for your anti-poverty programs. How are you going to repair that relationship? Well, I think a lot of the existing city council people are, are newer um, and, and really weren't, weren't at fault for a lot of the problems that, and a lot of the horrible things we've experienced. And so I do differentiate between new people that just got there. I, I don't really blame them to the same extent. I blame career politicians that really, really messed up our city. So, yeah, and, and I also do think some of them did take it personally. 
and I do have a job to, to uh, after the election's over, to, to build a rapport with them, and I don't think it'll be a problem. Most of them I do have long-term relationships with. So you think they will be capable of solving problems? I think I can work with them, yeah. Uh, you need nine votes to pass an agenda. I think I'll be able to get there. Okay, Rebecca Reinhardt, you talk about group violence intervention a lot. The city has been using it for three years and, in fact, has data showing that it is effective. Uh, there was a gap in its use of, in the Kenny administration's use of it because the district attorney refused to participate and it can't be done without him. He's now participating. But what, is that really something new? How would it work? differently under you? I don't, I don't think that's actually a fair representation of the facts. Um, starting in 2019, I called on Mayor Kenny to implement these strategies. Uh, the group violence intervention effort by Mayor Kenny did not start until significantly later than that, and it was a pilot um, that uh, just got initial results back that it has been successful, which we all knew it would be successful because it's been successful in other places. And as mayor, I would expand that citywide, coupled with the two other strategies I have discussed, cure violence and cognitive behavior therapy. Okay, it is citywide. Helen Gim, you, your campaign has noted to me that you have the most <coughs> passionate uh, voters, and, you know, that's probably true. Um, but do you risk creating a cult of personality that would blind you to your own missteps and failings? Um, so I'm not sure I understand the question entirely, but uh, I think that my track record absolutely speaks for itself. There's no other candidate who has delivered so much transformative change, both inside and outside of office. Ending state takeovers and restoring back essential services to our schools. Keeping families housed and actually delivering new laws uh, for working Philadelphians that have um, excited opportunities um, and economic hopes and development, um, not just here in Philadelphia, but far beyond. I think our work resonates far beyond, and I'm glad and proud to have a supportive group of people. And to be clear, this isn't just a, a fan base. This is, I'm the winningest elected official in more than 30 years in my last election. Helen, thank and you. I think those policies proved why thank people you, care. Okay. Sherelle Parker, you've endorsed stop and frisk because you've said you don't want to take any tools off the table in fighting gun violence. Uh, but you, uh, in the city, actually uh, overdose deaths are more than twice as many as uh, homicides. And you have taken safe injection sites off the table as a tool to prevent overdoses. Why leave a tool on the table for one thing and not the other? Let me note for the record that I am the legislator who ended the use of unconstitutional stop and frisk in the city of Philadelphia via the resolution that I introduced that gave Philadelphians a voice in saying there is no room for it and we won't tolerate it. With safe injection sites, because I've lived and loved and seen people suffer from addiction up close and personal, I know they need access to long-term treatment, long-term care, and long-term housing and economic opportunity, not a safe place to do it. In addition to that, working with people in neighborhoods across the city, they want us to have a regional approach. All of those suffering here are not Philadelphians, and we need to think outside of the box. Thank you. Okay. 
Alan Dom, campaign fundraising isn't just about having money to spend. It's also reaching out to people, showing that you can get them behind you. Um, and as a mayor, you can't draw on your personal resources to solve problems. What signal are you sending voters about your ability to reach out, convince people to contribute, and get folks behind you by self-funding your campaign? Right. Well, actually, I've been raising a lot of money from uh, individuals across the city. I probably will raise close to a million five or higher uh, during this campaign season, you know, mm -hmm. from 22 to 23, as I announced for mayor. So it's been really, I've been very supported by many, many people. And I also learned that I need support across the city. So I've traveled the whole city to, re to really reach out to every neighborhood, whether it's 52nd and Market, 60th and Market, Germantown Avenue below Erie, even hanging out at Max's Stakes. I've been to almost every corner of the city. And when I was on council, I donated my salary to schools. So I would visit every school where I made a donation. Must have visited over 40 or 50 schools in our city. So I've been all over the city, and I will get, I believe, support from everywhere. Alan Dom, thank you. WPHIFM Jenkintown, KYW and WIPFM HD2 Philadelphia. This is Breakfast with the Candidates on KYW News Radio. Pull up a chair, coffee's hot. We're proud to bring you 90 minutes uninterrupted live in Morning Drive here on KYW News Radio. It is a sign of the gravity of Philadelphia's mayor's race and our responsibility to the city we love. And we have five leading contenders in the Democratic primary with us Sherelle Parker, Jeff Brown, Helen Gim, Rebecca Reinhardt, and Alan Dom. And we will hear now from KYW's Mike DiNardo. Thank you, Ian. This next round of questions is for each of you. It's about ambitious proposals and big ideas uh, for the city of Philadelphia. And you'll have 30 seconds to respond to these questions. In addition to being the chief executive, a mayor is expected to display leadership to promote the positive aspects of living and working in the city. Yet right now there are people in our region who would rather not come into the city from the suburbs or South Jersey. Take Eric from Ballakinwood for one. I have a great deal of fear of going in the city. Matter of fact, I don't even like hanging out or going to the restaurants. I prefer to stay out here in the suburbs because of the situation that's been going on in the city. So very simply, as mayor, how would you win people like Eric over? We'll begin with Helen Gim. Well, first of all, I believe that Philadelphia's mission is around the livable city. It's around the, the understanding that the cities of the future really need to be about their livability, safety, absolutely, cleanliness um, as a priority, uh, vibrant streets and communities and parks and rec centers and libraries, of course, a quality public school for every child, and making sure that um, there's real economic opportunity. That is what we have failed to do as a city. We've kind of chased other Ellen, things. We you. need to focus on what keeps Philadelphians here. Thank you. Alan Dom. Thank you. Look, I'd be the biggest champion and cheerleader of the city. I think that's important. I do think this race is about leadership. That is the number one quality that we're looking for in the next mayor, and I believe I can provide it. But look, I would tell the caller, we have the best restaurants. We have great arts and culture here, and we have great sports teams. Besides last night's Sixers game, okay, this Friday night's game is going to be a big, big game, and it's happening in the city of Philadelphia. We have some of the best sports teams, and I just hope the Sixers will pull this one out. Go Sixers. <laughs> Jeff Brown. I don't think anyone disputes that this is a great city, but they have legitimate concerns. And those concerns, just like our citizens have concerns about safety, have to be addressed. And I, I think, like was asked earlier, you, we, we all have our plans. I have a plan. I'm going to be held accountable to it. If we make progress on our crime plan, people will come back, and I'll be able to, to express to them how we're making progress and it's safe again. And uh, lacking that, I don't think there's anything we could say. It has to actually be safe. 
Rebecca Reinhardt. So I understand uh, the concern that this caller has. As mayor, I will make it my top priority to tackle the gun violence and make our city safer uh, so that people like the caller uh, can feel safe when coming into our city. We do have an amazing city with arts and culture and restaurants and our sports teams and our neighborhoods. We are amazing. We are Philly. But we need a mayor willing uh, to take on what's going on and make our city safer. And that's Rebecca, the mayor I'll you. be. And Cheryl Parker. I will be unapologetic about Philadelphia getting its own house in order so that the people who live here, who work here, who send their kids to school here and travel here feel safe in our community. And the only way you can do that is by showing them. We will use every legal constitutional tool in the toolbox to make public safety our number one priority. And we won't get upset with people when they say they don't feel safe. We will operationalize. Sure, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Last night's game, notwithstanding, um, the 76ers are looking for a new arena. They proposed one in Chinatown. Very simply, spell out your current thinking on the pros and cons of that proposal. And again, we'll begin with Helen Gim. So I think that there is not enough information about this proposal. I've made it very clear that neighborhoods have to thrive and that billionaires don't need tax subsidies. I don't think any of the financial impact has been cleared. Um, the Sixers put down you know, an offer for uh, the ownership put down $6 billion to buy another sports team um, in the middle of all of this. I'm not sure that they're not going to seek public subsidies. Um, but the focus needs to be on the vibrancy of neighborhoods. I don't need to wait um, for that Sixers arena, which won't even open its doors if it ever does for Ellen, another 10 you. years, to get activism, Ellen, uh, to get time. something going on East Market. Alan Dom. Thank you. Look, I think the bigger issue here is the vision <coughs> that we all need to develop from City Hall to Sixth Street. Walking down Market Street, going past Lowe's on the right side from City Hall, and seeing all the, what's going on there, the empty lots, we need a plan for that whole area, which includes the Fashion District, where the Sixers may want to go, which includes Chinatown, all the partners. It includes the African American Museum that's going to be moving, that's going to be empty. It includes the Roundhouse. We need a plan. When we have our residents here and our visitors to walk that mile, it's not a great walk. Jeff Brown. We're the poorest big city in the country, and um, there's no project that gets presented that there's not a huge amount of people against. Uh, I think we're going to have to get big capital investments, especially ones fully funded by private people and not and not uh, the, our citizens or our government. Um, we, we have to try to get that done. On the other hand, we have to be sensitive to neighborhood issues. So where my focus is is the neighborhood, and there's neighborhood legitimate concerns about the project. Those concerns would need to be addressed for this project to move forward. Jeff Brown, thanks. Rebecca Reinhardt. So any big project needs to be seriously considered, but there are too many unanswered questions, uh, in my view, on the Sixers project right now. Uh, one, just on how the finances of this project actually work without public sub subsidy, I have not seen that yet. Uh, two, the concerns of the residents of Chinatown. Uh, this should not move forward unless the residents are comfortable, and right now they're not. And Sherelle Park. 
I will have a mayor's community council in every council district, and there will be no development, particularly large scale, in any region where the people who live there don't have a voice. With that being said, any proposal that has the potential to have a large economic impact in our city, we have to hear it out. And you can't, the mayor can't give a knee-jerk no reaction without getting all of the facts. Philadelphia, don't just listen to what people say. Watch what they do. Thank you. And continuing with our big picture segment, uh, if you are elected, you will be mayor in 2026 to the, for the 250th anniversary of the nation when Philadelphia will be in the national spotlight. What ideas would you suggest to capitalize on that attention to attract businesses, residents, and visitors to the city? And we'll begin with Sherelle Parker. Super excited about this one. Demonstrate that my comprehensive neighborhood safety and community policing plan is in full effect. Neighborhood commercial quarters are thriving. We have cameras. They are green. Small businesses are there. There are no vacancies. We are a safer city. There's proactive community policing. No officers parked in a car. They're walking the beat, riding the bike. And there's a different feeling in our city. And people are excited to be here and enjoy our amenities. Helen Gim. Yes, so I am also very excited about this. First of all, I want us to showcase the uniqueness of Philadelphia. It's vibrant um, cultural and arts landscape that I think makes us unique across the city of Philadelphia. I want to make sure that we have vibrant civic spaces, that our parks are as vibrant and beautiful, um, that our, you know, our public transit system is welcoming, our uh, recreation and library centers are active, and of course, I want our young people to benefit. This is one of the most important areas that a new generation actually sees itself in 2026 Ellen, thank and far you. beyond. Alan Dom. Thank you. Look, I think the number one issue is to make sure that everyone has a great experience in 2026. And it's not just 2026. We want them to return to the city. We want returning visitors, returning people come back to the city. We have to get the public safety under control. But as mayor, I'll also convene all organizations, arts and culture, hospitality, everyone who's involved in 2026, all the events, and I will be at those meetings myself. I love hospitality. This is an opportunity for Philadelphia to shine. We have to be almost perfect in this situation. Jeff Brown. Yeah, I, I think a big event like this is a rallying cry to everyone. And, and I would lead everybody, arts and culture, uh, tourism, even crime prevention, other capital, large capital investments, to try to showcase the city the best we can. And I think this is a great opportunity to leverage a date to get stuff done quicker than what they might otherwise be done. I'm just concerned about our planning. I understand we're behind other cities, and, and uh, we, we have to take a look at what we're doing. And Rebecca Reinhardt. 2026 is a huge opportunity uh, for our city. There are so many things going on, including the World Cup and America's birthday celebration. Uh, as mayor, I will make sure that our city is safer, much safer, so that people feel safe traveling to our city uh, from across our region, across our country, and internationally. And I want to showcase our neighborhoods. In each of our neighborhoods, we have distinct uh, arts and culture, restaurants, architecture. Rebecca, That's what I'll do as mayor. Thank you. And to wrap up our big picture segment, this is a lightning round question. Get your yes or no card ready. Do you support a way to find funding to propose or to do you support finding a way to fund the proposed Roosevelt Boulevard subway? 
We have yeses from everyone except Jeff Brown. Why do you say no? I think it's a $5 billion project. Our infrastructure, which is a historic high infrastructure of funding, is like $800 million. There's no way to fund this thing. And what will happen is if we set this as a priority, we'll waste an incredible amount of money planning something that's never going to happen. I want to focus on what's really going to happen and get it done. And Alan Don, why would you say yes to that? I think it's really important to connect the Northeast into the rest of the city. I think it's an opportunity for growth. I look at the Northeast over the next 10 years, and I'm a little concerned. We need more jobs there. We need better quality of life. We need more restaurants and hospitality there. And I think this subway will be a great connector for us. And I think you have to think big. If you don't think big, think big things won't happen. You know, I'm going to go back to Governor Rendell. Thought about the Avenue of the Arts. We need that same thinking from City Hall to 6th Street. We need to think big. That's the job of the mayor. Alan, thank you, and candidates, thank you all. Uh, we turn now to our Community Impact reporter, Raquel Williams. Now we're going to talk about affordable housing and real estate development in the city. I'm going to ask each candidate a different question. You each have 30 seconds to respond. But first, let's set the scene by hearing from Brianna. She's a mom from North Philly, hoping to get selected in a subsidized housing lottery. It's, I mean, right now in Philadelphia, it's like really hard. The, the rent is too high. It's hard to afford, especially with having like two or three kids. It's crazy. Sherelle Parker, you have stated during your campaign that you will establish a housing czar. Explain how having that added position will actually help people access more affordable housing or stay in their homes. And how is the role different from programs the city currently has in place? The housing czar will work with all agencies at the local, state, and federal level to leverage dollars from both the public and the private sector, and also using the over 8,500 plus properties in our land bank to build 30,000 new units of affordable housing to encourage home ownership and put people on a path to self-sufficiency, the building trades, training our young people to be the next generation of contractors. Thank you. Alan Dom, you built a career in real estate and have a myriad of connections and financial holdings that could give some voters pause about your ability to act in the best interest of the city when it comes to development. How do you assure them? Well, first of all, I developed an ethics plan from Claire Finkelstein, the University of Pennsylvania, who also did President Biden's ethics plan. And I will step away from everything. A separate entity will have control. I will, that entity will not do any new development, and they'll be just focused on managing the assets. But I think what's more important here is on the affordable housing front, we have to make sure that every resident of the city knows about the benefits that we leave on the table. Federal and state, it's $450 million in benefits. We have to get the word out to make sure people get those monies. Thank you. Jeff Brown, as the city continues to, develop, uh, continues to develop, it is important to strike a balance between the needs of developers and the needs of residents. Now, some residents have expressed concerns about overdevelopment, the noise, and other impacts of construction. How will you work with all parties to ensure that new development is beneficial to the city as a whole, while also protecting the quality of life for residents? Thanks, Raquel. Um, Listening is a big thing. I mean, I've, I've used that as a tool to be successful in business. I would use it as a tool here. And I've been listening, and the real estate taxes are the biggest problem the residents have. They're being forced out of their houses because of abusive increases in, in their real estate taxes. I think we need a cap on that to protect our citizens and an advocate 
to protect uh, low-income citizens from abusive real estate reassessments and, and uh, to try to avoid sheriff sales. I also think we have to sell the, the 8,500 properties in the land bank as soon as possible Thank for you. affordable housing. Thank you. Helen Gim, as a city council member, you played a key role in passing legislation that created a mandatory eviction diversion program. This was pandemic inspired. It is funded only through next year. However, overall eviction still disproportionately impacts low income families and communities of color. How do you balance that with the concerns of landlords? Well, I mean, we, we developed out the most successful eviction prevention program in the country. It's been copied all over um, the US. It's been heralded by the Biden White House. Um, and it is proof positive that not only did we just reduce evictions, we actually expanded rental assistance. We invested in housing counselors to help people navigate difficulties and problems, and that included landlords. We invested in shallow rent subsidies to keep your caller um, more stable in their home. And you know, as mayor, I'm going to lead a Helen, big affordable housing effort Helen, uh, to time. finish this work. Rebecca Reinhardt, many areas of the city have seen booming development that's rapidly changed neighborhoods. Do you think on balance that's been a positive for the city or is gentrification putting, uh, pushing out too many longtime residents? Gentrification is pushing out too many longtime residents and I've put forth a housing plan uh, that's on my website and it calls for very specific actions that I will do as mayor to protect longtime homeowners from being pushed out of their communities. Uh, first, I uh, support rental subsidy to keep people in their homes in areas that are experiencing gentrification. I also think as a city, we need to do a much better job with outreach about city programs to Rebecca, keep owners you. in their home. Thank you. Here is a lightning question for all of you, so please get your blank paper and markers ready. In recent years, the city has scaled back the benefits of the 10-year tax abatement that had ushered in the real estate development boom. Should this city keep it as is, cut it entirely, or change it somehow? Keep, keep it, it, cut, cut it, it, or change, change it. it. <laughs> and you can display your answers when you have them written, please. Rebecca Reinhardt says, change the 10-year tax abatement. Jeff Brown, cut it. Alan Dom, change it. Sherelle Parker, change it, and Helen Gim says, change, with a parenthetical. Uh, Rebecca Reinhart, why do you give your answer, please, and remind the audience what it is? Sure. The, the tax abatement, um, my answer is to, that we should change the tax abatement. The tax abatement is a tool, is a public policy tool, and uh, the city government should constantly be looking at how to best impact policy through the tax abatement. Uh, so we need to look at how do we encourage historical preservation, how do we encourage um, the rebuilding of Center City downtown uh, after the pandemic, and how do we make sure that enough money goes to the schools? Those are some of the things Thank we you. need to think about. Thank you. Well, we couldn't all fit in a booth, so here we are at a few tables for breakfast with the candidates on KYW News Radio. Our food is getting cold, so we're going to let those who want to be the next mayor ask some questions of their own now to each other. So please choose one of your competitors. You can ask them one question, and they'll get 45 seconds to respond. Uh, let's begin with Alan Dom. This came up earlier, but I just want to give Jeff an opportunity. Uh, at the last debate, Jeff, you said the ethics case against your super PAC had been settled. The ethics board called it false and misleading. Will you correct the record today? 
Yeah, um, the case that was brought up was settled, um, and, and uh, they did say that they will, they will continue um, with some new form of a case, but the case that was in court was resolved. There was a settlement agreement, and uh, we understand that we, we will at some point continue to address this case, and, and that they, they may sue me or it may just be done administratively, and I may sue them. But Jeff, a portion of the case was settled, not not the wider case against against you and, and the super PAC. I agree with you. You agree with me. A portion. Your camp, uh, your uh, PAC, your independent expenditure group agreed to stop spending as the injunction had requested. The rest of the case is still pending. I agree with you. Okay. But remember, well, it's that's not, not mine. What you just said. It's not mine. Okay. It's an independent expenditure. I don't coordinate. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca Reinhardt, please. My question uh, is for Sherelle Parker. Uh, Sherelle, on city council, you were widely considered one of Jim Kenney's closest allies. The lack of leadership from the mayor has been discussed a lot on this campaign trail. Um, and my question for you is, why did you not stand up uh, and demand more leadership while you had a position of power on city council, and why should voters expect more from you as mayor? When you look at the actual results, that is operationalizing my vision, Mayor Jim Kinney was a tool to deliver what I've delivered, sound programs to close the gap between the haves and the have-nots. And just for example, uh, power up your business to support neighborhood-based businesses at CCP, now chief feeder for Goldman Sachs' 10,000 small businesses. Restore, repair, renew that gives Philadelphians access to resources to maintain their existing property. In addition to that, PHLTCB, hiring people in neighborhoods, $15 an hour, giving them soft skills so that they can clean our neighborhoods. It's now citywide. Thrill, mayor you. Kenny is a tool like the Thrill, mayor's office time. should thank be you. utilized. Uh, Helen Gim. Yes. Um, so, Rebecca, you've said multiple times that you have courage because you ran against the party machine. And as somebody who's already done that, I feel like that is not the most uh, serious reform that anyone can possibly do. Um, and you've also said and doubled down that you were doing your job when um, individuals, you know, when we were closing, when you served in an administration that suffered from fire station losses, slashing of funding for, for parks and rec centers. But how did you actually speak out? And how can Philadelphians know that you, you do have an independent voice as a director? How can we know that you won't turn your back on them when tough choices need to be made again? Uh, so, uh, Running for office uh, against the party actually does take a lot of courage. To take on incumbent, I did that. Um, the really. budget director the budget director works for the mayor. And if you knew how the city worked, as mayor, if your budget director started doing things without you knowing, that would be a problem. Um, my courage is shown by the fact that I decided to resign my position working for the Kenny administration to run for office, to have that independent voice. And the way I've led a city controller has shown that courage. I audited the parking authority despite pressure not to. I audited the police department. I got into significant public fights with Mayor Kenny, and that is the way I will lead. That courage is what we need as mayor. Rebecca, thank you. Jeff Brown. Yeah, question for Alan Dom. Um, I understand that entities that he owns, some or all of, got $13 million in PPP. And I know some workers said they were laid off. My, my question is, is it true 
that you took the money and laid off the workers, and it, if it is true, that seems greedy to me. How do you justify it? I'm not aware of that, of that being true. Uh, I can tell you my own real estate company, we didn't lay anybody off. We had everybody, and we didn't get anywhere near the money you're talking about. I might be an investor in small entrepreneurial companies or larger ones, and I wouldn't be involved in their operations, but I'm not aware that they laid people off. But I will say this, Pat, to your question, I can see how this is getting spicier, okay? <laughs> and so uh, it's going to be fun. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sherelle Parker. The opioid crisis is one of the most challenging uh, issues that we have to face here in the city of Philadelphia, especially Kensington. I give council, former council member Helen Gim credit for standing up and advocating for and supporting safe injection sites here in the city of Philadelphia as a tool to combat the opioid crisis and her ownership of that. My question is to you, Rebecca Reinhart. Do you support the establishment of safe injection sites here in the city of Philadelphia to combat the opioid crisis, and if you do, where will you place them? So the issue of safe injection sites clouds the bigger issue of how do we solve the opioid crisis in our city. I have laid out a complete plan to break up the open-air drug market and, com and provide compassionate care for those suffering from substance use disorder. That means having rapid teams from the city providing uh, care to people living on the street, getting them into treatment. The question of safe injection sites. I'm not gonna <laughs> put any tool off the table that's recommended by the medical community, but no, nothing is going anywhere that the community does not want. That's my position on it. Rebecca, thank you. Helen, your uh, name was invoked, and you may have 15 seconds to respond. Yes, and I'd like to state the same. Again, no tools should be taken off the table, but this is about communities and Kensington, and many neighborhoods need to be seen through the eyes of those, young those neighbors uh, who live there. And I will deliver a livability agenda, a crisis outreach response team um, that supports those neighbors and neighborhoods. Thank you, Helen Gim and all candidates. We're now serving up the final round of questions from our panel, and we begin with Mike DiNardo. And this is something that several of our listeners have asked us to ask you about. Uh, SEPTA has hired outreach workers to uh, put, uh, to serve uh, the, the, uh, the ridership, and they've tried to put more transit police on platforms and riding the subways. But unhoused people living on the system and doing drugs remains a persistent problem that discourages ridership. And SEPTA says it's a societal problem that it can't handle alone. As mayor, what additional city support would you provide SEPTA to address this problem? We'll begin with Alan Dom. Thank you, Mike. Well, I, I recently re reviewed New York City's plan, what they're doing in New York City under Mayor Adams. And they actually have their police and, SEPTA and their transit police working together. I would engage our police and transit police to work together. And in New York City, it's really working well. They've had made some great progress. So I would really, and I believe that Leslie Richards was up there to visit it, and I haven't talked to her directly about it, but I believe I, believe I heard that she thought it was a positive experience and could be something we could implement in Philadelphia. We should copy what they're doing because they've had success. Jeff Brown. Yeah, I, I've been endorsed by, by a TWU, which is a lot of the SEPTA workers and, and their police, and I've been spending a lot of time on transit, and, and uh, I don't accept what SEPTA's saying. That they don't have enough resources. They're understaffed in their police. Um, I don't see a visible presence of police. I know their headcount is down from historical levels. Um, the staff they're putting in are unqualified to do the job. I do think our police and their police need to work together better, and we might have to step up the resources to help support um, the problems that I've witnessed. 
Rebecca Reinhardt. So as mayor, uh, I will work together with SEPTA to fix this issue. It can't just be on SEPTA. I agree with SEPTA's position that they need help from the city and they need a mayor that will work with them to tackle this issue uh, of unhoused uh, people on the trains. Uh, as mayor, I will work to ensure that the opioid crisis uh, is handled in a much better way than it's being handled now, and that the city is safer, both of which will help SEPTA with its, its issues of safety uh, as well. Sherelle Parker. I grew up taking public safety, not public safety, public transit to school uh, when I was a child. And I've been riding uh, mass transit uh, during this campaign, trying to reach as many people as possible. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't look safe. And we need a holistic approach to make it safer and cleaner and cleaner in everything that SEPTA has done thus far. It is inadequate, and they need more resources. And I will help the lead to get it done. And Helen Gim. Yeah, public transit is the most important area that we can invest in right now because it is the thoroughfare for our city. People need to feel like they are safe, that that they feel safe, and that the that public transit systems are clean and vibrant. Tens of thousands of young people, tens of thousands of workers ride the ride our lines every single day. Philadelphia needs a coordinated approach with safety. Um, crisis outreach response from SEPTA isn't enough without a coordinated uh, effort with the city because they need to know where to send people for housing, for mental health you. supports, and for treatment and <coughs> recovery, you. and that's what I'll lead. Now on to our community impact reporter, Raquel Williams. Clean and green makes for a more healthy and vibrant community, yet many neighborhoods are overwhelmed with trash from littering and illegal dumping. What will you do immediately to ensure clean neighborhoods for all? We'll start with Jeff Brown. Thank you. Um, our, our departments are grossly understaffed uh, from sanitation, streets, you go, you go down the list. So we, we have to do a lot of hiring and training. The second is our processes haven't been reviewed in a long time. I want to add a cabinet level position for process and technology to upgrade how we do things so we can more efficiently address uh, services. And you know, I want to penalize dumpers and go after them. They're dumping all over the city, and there's generally no consequences. We'll use cameras and police to address that. Thank you. Rebecca Reinhardt. So as mayor, our city will be cleaner. Uh, in the first 100 days, I will focus in to clean our streets. There's no reason there's so much trash everywhere. We're one of the only major cities without citywide street cleaning. Um, and that's something that I will implement as mayor. Uh, in addition, we do need consequences for those that are dumping illegally. We need to make sure we're hauling some of the contractors into court so that we establish a new order uh, around cleanliness in our city. Thank you. Sherelle Parker. Philadelphia, we need to change the Philadelphia culture. I'm proud to let you know what I've already done. PHL Taking Care of Business is going to be a round-the-clock program, 24 hours, that will also require additional sanitation collection in order to change that Philadelphia uh, culture. We can uh, get it done. We've already enhanced um, the penalties for dumping, and I'm going to do more of what I've done, but it thank has you. to be around Trail the Parker, clock. Thank you. Thank you. Ellen Dom. Thank you. You know, my grandmother told me that cleanliness is next to godliness. So this is really important. I published a public service uh, plan um, on my website, votedom.com. Starts with the first 100 days of cleaning every vacant lot, boarding up abandoned buildings, cleaning all the streets, 
filling the potholes, replacing streetlights within 72 hours, towing abandoned cars within 48 hours of being ticketed, and basically making the city cleaner and greener, supporting all the efforts for a greener city. And that's what I would do in the first week of my uh, Thank you. Thank you. Helen Gim. Thank you. Um, cleanliness is absolutely a part of my livability vision um, and planning, and I'm proud to have led a just services campaign uh, with Council Member Jamie Gautier on City Council that focused um, uh, cleaning, greening, and brightening up uh, communities with a targeted level um, looking at communities that have often been left behind. A lot of our problems are we're trying to go too broad. We want an equity-driven effort that looks at neighborhoods concentrated with violence, with vacant lots, illegal uh, dumpers, um, but Ellen, also leveraging in not just sanitation, but Ellen, time. Thank to hold you. people responsible. Thank you. Uh, candidates uh, for dessert, we're going to roll out a cart with a selection of questions. So let's have some yes-nos to start if you grab your yellow papers, please. Should more car lanes be converted into protected bike lanes in Center City, yes or no? We have yeses from Jeff Brown, Alan Dom, Helen Gim, and no answer from Sherelle Parker or Rebecca Reinhardt. Rebecca, why not? Yeah, I think this needs to be something that's, that's carefully reviewed before we make these type of yes-no statements, uh, and this is one of those. And Sherelle Parker. I agree. This is a neighborhood by neighborhood assessment that needs to occur. We have to think about thoroughfares to uh, and from uh, different uh, main fares in the city, and it has to be assessed neighborhood by neighborhood. Thank you. Yes or no, staying on the roads, should there be more speed enforcement cameras across the city? Yeses from all. Jeff Brown, why, why yes? Um, we, we have um, eliminated a lot of law, law enforcement in the traffic area, and um, it's chaos out there. People are running through lights, they're speeding, it's dangerous. And w the cameras are an efficient way to enforce our rules with, without the personnel. Thank you. Uh, the city has made great strides in battling corruption with the creation of the inspector general, but it's, it's not a permanent position subject to the mayor's discretion. Yes or no, would you support making the inspector general a permanent position? Yes is across the board. Uh, Sherelle Parker, why do you say yes? Listen, people need to understand that working in government, we're going to be as transparent as possible. There's a lack of faith in government's ability to deliver. That's why so many people are sort of disenchanted with the political process and voters, you question whether or not they should participate. That's the way we get them to believe again. Uh, in Philadelphia, you get the love, you get the grit. Which opposing team or athlete do you love to hate the most? Jeff Brown. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to stay away from this one. Really? <laughs> okay. Uh, Alan Dom. I'm going to be really clear. Boston Celtics. Timely. Very timely. Helen Gim. Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Sherelle Parker. Cowboys. And Rebecca Reinhardt. Boston sports teams overall. There's too much, too much, uh, I don't know, elitism or something going on there. Specific. Okay. Uh, Helen Gim, Jeff Brown, Alan Dom, Rebecca Reinhart, Sherelle Parker might want to stay away from South Philadelphia, those Boston fans this weekend. Uh, thank you, though, for being here for us.
for breakfast this morning. You've given voters a lot to chew over, and we appreciate you. We really do taking part in all these forums and debates throughout the campaign. It must be exhausting for you, but it is a real service to democracy. So thank you, and thank you for listening. Remember, the Pennsylvania primary is May 16th. Get out and vote if you haven't already. KYW News Time, 930. That's it for this episode of Who's Running for Philly Mayor. Upcoming episodes will feature some of Philadelphia's former mayors on what it takes to do the job and a discussion of the city council at large race, which features 27 candidates competing for five seats. I'm KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb. Thanks again for listening.